What's up, everybody? This is the Legacy Lineup. I'm your host, Ren Lawwell. Joining me is Jimmy Barnett. Jimmy, back again on the Legacy Lineup. You're just getting back from Las Vegas on a, a little uh, trip with a couple of friends. Um, so give give the audience a little uh, taste of what that was like out there in Las Vegas. I know we'll have BJ on later on, uh, hopefully in the coming weeks, to uh, oh, excuse me to, to discuss that. But talk about uh, your experience out in Las Vegas. Yeah, it's good to be back. I know we were away for a little bit. Uh, you know, of our thousands of listeners, they they want the episodes back, so we're back and we're back in black. Um, yeah, Vegas was awesome, man. It was nice to get away for a little bit. Um, wish my wife could have went. Uh, she was, you know, she's pregnant. She didn't really feel like going. So, uh, but yeah, it was awesome, man. We had a great time. I think the first we got there on Thursday, um, and you know, right when we got there, we you know we went to the hotel. We stayed at the MGM Grand. Uh, it, it Big balling. Awesome. Yeah, it was awesome, man. Uh, we had only thing our room REC sucked in our room. I'll complain about that till I die. But yeah, that was miserable trying to sleep. Uh, I don't sleep well, anyways. As Lucas will tell you, I was pacing around the room some nights. But yeah, we we gambled. Um, we went and walked around, saw the different casinos, hotels. Um, we you know this was my third trip to Vegas, and I, I know Luke's been there several times. Uh, it was. I think it was the first trip for one of the folks, one of the uh, girls that were with us on the trip, um, and then the rest of us have been there before. So it was pretty cool. Uh, you know, one night I was playing blackjack, and you know, BJ and Luke look over and see TJ Dillashaw. He had just fought. It was Saturday night. Yeah. Um, so he had just won by decision in that fight, uh, and I think BJ bet on him a couple different times. So like, we were sitting there wondering if like we should go over and say something to him because he's on the table beside us and. Finally, we just walked over and we were just like, "Hey, man, are you TJ Dillashaw?" And we we knew it was the dealer had told us, "Yeah, you know, she was, she was like, yeah, that's that's the UFC fighter," and uh, you know, just to see him out there playing the regular tables. I mean, I think they do from time to time, but usually they'll go to the mansion and play, which is like private tables, private dealer, yeah. big money. Um, so TJ, yeah, he stood up and got a picture with us. Really cool guy, nice. Uh, he's short. He's very short. He's like five uh, six. Yeah. Yeah, he's a small guy, but yeah, he stood up, got a picture, um, thanked us all for you know watching him fight, and uh, you know just just a really nice guy. His face was messed up, man. Yeah, I mean, he, he got, had on he glasses. Had, he had a pretty big cut. He uh, yeah. he was in the main event with Corey Sandhagen. Um, he won a decision in that fight, like you said, uh, and it was one that some people thought could have went either way. But he was just coming back from a almost three years out. He he had been yeah. suspended for uh, performance enhancing drugs. drugs so. Yeah. Uh, and at one EPO, time, EPO he, was, was, at, he was at the top, right? I mean, at yeah, one he was time, a champ. He, he was a champ in 135 pound division. Um, he uh, he's the guy that knocked out Cody Garbrandt to take yeah. his belt from him, and then he beat him again. Um, and then he, uh, right before he uh, got suspended, he lost. He actually fought uh, Henry Cejudo, um, who's a 125 pound champ. He fought him. He lost. And then right after that loss, he uh, had his samples tested for whatever. Um, they take before the fight, uh, blood and, and urine, I imagine. And, uh, they, they popped him for EPO, which is like some kind of, I don't even know how to describe it. It's something that you put into the, your blood that changes your oxygen levels in your blood. So it makes your cardio like insane. Um, so he got popped for that and he, he's been out for almost three years, but yeah, before that he was, you know, one of the best in the division, if not the best. Yeah. So yeah. now he's our, he's, he's worked his way back up to the top spot to contend for a championship again. So yeah, that's cool that you guys got to see him out there. Um, I'm sure, you know, uh, you don't run into those type of people very often. No, but. I mean, there, there's a lot of famous people you see out there. Like, we would sit and ask questions to the dealers, like, you know, 
you know, I played a couple pretty big hands of blackjack and like, you know, to me that's a lot of money, but you know, she was telling us like, you know, we were asking us, is this a big hand? And she just shook her head. No. And she's like, you know, we have $150,000 hands. They'll lose it. They'll just lose it. Like it's nothing like, you know, yeah. for us, that's, that's life changing in in ways. And for them, they'll just play $150,000 hands. Now they don't play them out there on those regular tables. Obviously right. they're playing them in the back, but you know, we went to the Bellagio, um, Cosmopolitan, um, Caesars. I mean, I but played in anybody that, anybody that knows you knows that you're, you're that's kind of your forte. Like you know, you're, you're a gambler. But would you consider that to be like the mecca of gambling? Like, is that like where you would go if you could choose anywhere in the world to gamble? With? Is that where you would go? Yeah, I'd go to Vegas and I'd, yeah. I'd play high limits blackjack. That's that's what I enjoy doing. I mean, I, yeah. I wouldn't say that I'm a Professional. I'm, I'm nowhere near a professional blackjack yeah. gambler or whatever, but I think I, I think I have a pretty good strategy, and I, I think I win a lot more than I lose at blackjack. Um, now on slots, I, I lose more than I win, but on, you know blackjack, I seem to cash out a lot of times with a lot of money. Um, I got down to my last five hundred dollars, and I came home with a lot of money. So uh, it, Vegas was paid for. Um, you know, we had we had a good time, man. It was a ton of fun. Um, free drinks. Um, you know, we enjoyed that and. Yeah, we just had a great time, man. Back to the back to the TJ Dillashaw um, picture you guys took. I, I, I you look at, look at that picture if you haven't seen it. We'll we'll try and post it. Um, but uh, you look at everybody in that picture. Everybody's bigger than TJ Dillashaw. Do you think that he could take all of you at the same time? Yes, I do. Yeah, probably. He I mean, would you, probably got, kill you got you got BJ Polly yourself, and then uh, what's Taylor that? Taylor guy Taylor? Yeah, um, <laughs> I, I think he Joe all of Joe was there too. Joe Joe, there. Joe's probably the most skilled. Joe and Taylor probably. Wrestler. Yeah. Um, he was a wrestler. He did yeah. uh, club wrestling, I think, at OU, didn't he? Yeah. I don't know what he did at OU, but I know I know that he wrestled in high school and Joe was probably the most skilled. BJ's probably the craziest as far as fighting. Um, uh, Luke, Luke's probably the strongest. Luke's the most athletic. Yeah, the most athletic. Uh Taylor's I you know, I don't know a whole lot about Taylor's what, background. What does that leave you? But that leaves me <laughs> at uh I would say that I might be the most, the most psychotic. The most intelligent, yeah. Maybe. Well, the most psychotic out of the, everybody, I would think. You know, I would be. You know, I think I would be the one that wouldn't stop. The yeah. rest, of, you know, I. You know, obviously, every one of them would probably kill me in a fight, but I'd win the war, baby. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, yeah, trip to Vegas. Uh, good time for you. Hopefully, in the future, we can have BJ on to talk about his experience. Um, we'll see. See how well he did out there. Um, BJ, BJ may not want to talk about his experience. <laughs> well, that's okay. We'll bring him on anyway to talk about it. Um, but just kind of what's going on in the world right now. So we got the Olympics going on, um, which I freaking love the Olympics. I love watching the Olympics. Any event, it is, I don't care what it is. If it's, if it's you know, rowing or triathlon or, or archery, any of it, I like to watch it. Um, and I think it's you know, kind of just that, that sense of pride you have for your country, uh, seeing them compete at the highest stage against other countries around the world. Um, but just talking about the Olympics a little bit, uh, just to give you where it stands right now, um, this is a, what, Wednesday afternoon, July 28th. Um, the United States is leading the total medal count right now with 31 total medals. Um, but Japan actually has the most gold medals uh, with 13. U.S. only has 11. Uh, China has 12 gold medals. So, um, you know, I, I, just just from my perspective of watching this, this Olympic Games, which this was supposed to be 2020 Games, right? Uh, we had to wait um, for, uh, you know, COVID to go through uh, and then, uh, it's kind of a different look to it this year because, you know, no fans are allowed to attend. So it's kind of – it's not the same to me as far as, like, 
you know, the excitement that you get with, with a, cr- a crowd full of people there. But, um, I don't know. I've been kind of disappointed in the United States, you know, performance in these Olympics. Obviously, the U.S. and China has the largest uh, contingent of athletes in the entire world who are attending these games. So, therefore, those two countries should probably be put, putting up the most medals, which they are. Um, but uh, U.S. isn't winning events they typically win. They're, they're losing some, uh, um, you know, just game, even game, like basketball games. The U.S. basketball team lost to France in the opening round. Um, and then, like, swimming. I've been watching the swimming a lot. There's, there's events they typically win. They're not winning. They're, you know, sometimes even get, not even placing, not even meddling. So uh, it's been a different experience for me. What are your thoughts so far on the Olympics? Yeah, the Olympics is always like, you know, you, you think that the USA should dominate. Um, but, you know, that's what's great about sports. You know, I, I like to see change. I mean, obviously, I'm from the United States, so I want to see us win. And, I you know, I think USA will win the medal count overall. Yeah. Uh, you know, they may not win the golds. But uh, the medal count overall, I think right now they are winning. Yeah, they're up by 31. 27 is the next with China. Yeah. So I I think overall, but I I think it's good to see that the athletes in the world, I mean, just, you know, they're out there, man. They're everywhere. They're all over the countries. and It's so crazy, too, because I was watching skateboarding the other day, women's skateboarding, um, and you're talking about you got 12- and 13-year-old girls out there winning medals. Like I think they're the three medalists – um, two of them were 13 and the other one was 15. Um, so, I mean, just, you know, from Japan and Brazil and uh, Korea or wherever the other one was from. But, I mean, it's crazy. You got 13, 13-year-old kids out there that are winning Olympic medals against, you know, grown adults. I mean, it's, it's just crazy how much talent there is in the world um, in these unique sports. Um, and that's what I like so much about the Olympics. It's so, it's so unique. Um, like, you know, you, you watch uh, ping pong, um, you know. That's, that's so cool that that's an Olympic sport. Um, you know, another one that I have a lot of respect for is triathlon. Uh, I don't know if you've ever watched the triathlon. That's wild. Oh, I, yeah. oh. I don't know that I could, uh, could compete in something like that. Cause you got, you're talking about a, almost a mile swim. It's 1.5 kilometers, I think. So it's like 0.9 miles. Uh, and then you've got a 40 mile bike ride. Uh, and then you have to finish it up with a six and a half mile run. Uh, so, I mean, just, you know, the ability of those athletes to, to go through that and do that is just, it's crazy to me. Uh, I can't imagine ever, you know, competing in something that strenuous. Um, and then, you know, other sports that maybe aren't as um, draining athletically, like, like we said, ping pong, um, you know, you have to be quick, obviously, and have good uh, reactionary skills, but, you know, maybe not as athletic as someone that's doing a triathlon. So uh, it's just crazy, you know, how you, you see the, the flux from, um, the skills you need and, and you know, archery, um, skeet shooting, all those, those type of, uh, you know, things that we like to do in our free time um, and the, their Olympic events. So you can, you can practice and become good at something like that and then go and represent your country and win a medal. I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, that's um, crazy. Another uh, a big story out of the Olympics right now, uh, Simone Biles uh, of the U.S. gymnastics team. Um, she did not finish team competition for the U.S. women's gymnastics team. Um, she uh, pulled out uh, due to um, a mental issue that she was having. Um, so what, what are your thoughts on Simone Biles' situation? Uh, she pulled out. The uh, United States women's team won silver. Uh, they didn't, didn't win gold. They've won gold, I think, the last three Olympics, but they didn't win gold this year. Uh, their best gymnast pulled out um, of her events, and they had to put an alternate in, in to take her place. So what are your thoughts on that situation? Well, I think it's – you know, I think it's unfortunate that what happened with her, I mean, I think obviously, you know, you and I were talking before the podcast, there's a lot of, there's a lot of, uh, 
you know, there's a lot of pressure put on athletes like Simone and, you know, what she has to do out there day in and day out. And, and she is the greatest ever, um, I think, my personal opinion. Yeah. Um, and I think most people would agree with that. Um, but I think with how they said they were going to score her and judge her, it was almost like you and I talked about on a – she was going to be – you know, it was going to – the other – everybody else was kind of going to be on a curve. And it was like she was – you know, she could get 100% and everybody else could get 80s and still score 100. So, right. you know, it was almost like... Uh, yeah, they're, they're not going to change the scoring. Even though she has the capability to, to do skills in gymnastics, which I'm I'm no gymnastics expert. You know, I've watched it you know, in the past, but I don't know what the skills are. My wife was a gymnast, in, in, uh, you know, as a kid and in high school. So she could tell you a lot more about these uh, uh, particular skills than I could, but... Um, you know, the way that she does these skills are so much better than everybody else. And it is, it's unbelievable. I mean, to and watch they, her they aren't going to reward her. They decided they're not going to reward her for doing these, um, you know, extraordinary things. Um, so she can't get any more like bonus points, I guess, for, for being better than everybody else. So she has to she has to be perfect, you know, in order to get the, you know, the, the points that everybody else can get. Um, so it's kind of it makes it more difficult on her. Uh, but with her, like, I mean, you know, I kind of noticed her, um, the mental side of her things changing, um, and even in like the trials and before that, I mean, cause she was going out there wearing the goat, uh, what's it called? Leotard. Mm-hmm. She's wearing the goat leotard and like, you know, she's in commercials and stuff talking about being the goat, which she is the goat. Um, uh, but maybe that got in her head a little bit. Yeah. And then when she, you know, was, was starting to have some hiccups, she started to struggle and then it became uh, too much of a mental barrier to overcome, and she was forced to pull out, which you, and, know, you know sucks for them because you know they obviously would have won the gold with her, you know, yeah. competing. But uh, and know. I think sometimes you know I, I think sometimes we overlook the fact that these are people too. Oh um, yeah, for sure. You know, she she's young. Um, I, I think a lot of times we overlook athletes in general, whether they're Olympi- Olympians or right. pro basketball, football, baseball, soccer, whatever pro sport they. They've made it to that level. Um, I, I think a lot of times we forget that they're people too, and they have mental health problems, and they they struggle. I mean, it is a grind to do a professional sport, no matter right. what it is, whether it's gymnastics or baseball or soccer or whatever you right. want to call it. I mean, you and I have sat and talked before about the mental grind of being a pro football player or a pro baseball player. I mean, pro baseball, for example, you know that's a sport season we're in right now, so we'll talk about that. 162 games a year. You know, day in and day out, you're traveling all over. You're not seeing your kids. You're not seeing your family every day. I mean, for you and I alone, that would probably be hard because we're yeah. family guys. Right. But these guys, they have to compete at a high level. Gymnasts have to compete at a high level. And they also have to take all the scrutiny and the backlash from the media and people talking crap about them. And you know, none of us want people to talk bad about us. I mean, that's human nature. You don't want to be unless you're a villain. And there are people out there that enjoy that. Um, but, <laughs> you know. Not me, but, you know, I, I think that's just human nature to want people to think good things about you. And, you know, she took some backlash about, you know, withdrawing from mental health, people saying she's weak and, yeah, you soft. Know, I mean, yep. is she soft? I mean, she's, she's probably a lot, a lot harder than most people that are saying that about her. So right. I think, I think you know, we often forget and sometimes we need to take a step back in, into the real world and think, you know what, man, she, she is, you know, she's, she's young. Yeah, just put yourself in that position yeah. and imagine if you have that spotlight on yourself. I will say, though, I think that if she does come back and compete in the individual uh, events uh, to win medals, I think that will kind of be a bad look she, for her. She will get a bad look for that. I because, agree. Because, you know, they're going to look at that as being selfish. But, but you know, I also right? think that 
in a way, it's not if you look at it this way. She she did say, I think the reason she stepped back is she didn't want to hurt her team. She wanted to help her team. And I thought that by the the replacement that took her spot, they felt like if Simone was going to be kind of graded on a curve, everybody else was going to be graded on the curve, you know, and she had to be perfect. Why not put somebody in there that wasn't going to be scored that way to give the team a better chance to win? I think that's kind of how Simone looked at it, and plus with her – mental health I just felt like she couldn't compete so I think maybe if you look at it that way maybe her you know doing it individually you know she was thinking about the team in the long run and individually she's you know she can still compete for her country and try to yeah she's doing it for her country not as much you know I think Olympians do it for the country that's the whole point of being an Olympic athlete right? right you do it to represent your country and She's definitely one I want to represent our country in that that Olympic she's the competition. Best. Yeah, she's the best. I mean, ever I, I don't think I'm going to think she's self-centered or anything, but some yeah. people will, like you said. I mean, people find something to complain about, and they're going to. Yeah, but you know, all the luck to her, man. I hope she gets out there and does it. I mean, I, I think it's crazy that just because someone's superior to everyone else that they they treat them differently. That's crazy to me. Yeah, they don't do that in any other sport. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't, I mean. I don't know. That'd be like, and I, I guess you could kind of say this for the NBA, like LeBron James, you know, they say he doesn't get as many foul calls because he's the greatest big guy. You know, I guess you could kind of compare it to that. But at the same time, I mean. Well, they're not changing, like, yeah, how, they're many not, points, how many yeah. points he scored. Like, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, it's not yeah. going to affect the outcome of the game. Yeah. Well, it could. I mean, I mean well. I'll call them fouls. Yeah. But, yeah, I, I, I guess that would be the closest comparison in, a, in, your, in another sport. Yeah. But at the same time, I mean, you know. It is what it is, man. I, hopefully she can bounce back. Let's just hope she can and she can get back out there. Yeah. Uh, so other events, uh, like I said, swimming has been one that um, maybe haven't been living up to the to hype that they, they've had in the past, um, but they are still winning medals. Um, women's swimming in particular, Katie Ledecky, who's considered to be the goat of uh, female swimming, uh, she lost a couple of her signature events. Um, this, the 200-meter freestyle, she lost to an Aussie who um, – and it's, it's kind of cool to watch these stories because this Aussie girl, younger than Katie Ledecky's only twenty four years old too, she, which is a crazy thing. She was like, wasn't the Aussie girl like really like seventeen? Uh, she's like, I think she's like nineteen or twenty. Is but she, yeah. but Katie Ledecky started at fifteen, won her first medal at fifteen years old. So That's she's twenty four now. It's just crazy how how the evolution of these athletes happens. Like you know, you'll have these young like a girl from Alaska who's seventeen just won a medal. She won gold, and uh, I can't remember if it was the breaststroke or the butterfly, what it was. Um, but that's, uh, I was, that's who I was thinking of the girl from Alaska. That's yeah. That's uh, Lily Jacobs. Maybe is her name. Yeah, that, that was pretty cool. I watched that. But anyway, back to what I was saying. So this, this Australian girl, her name's Titmus. She, uh, you know, looked at Kayla Decky as like her motivation to, to get better trained. And that's the thing about the Olympics. You have four years of training in between. So like you can always catch up to your competition if you put in the work. Um, so she used Katie Decky, who's considered to be the greatest swimmer of all time, female swimmer of all time as motivation and then she goes out and beats her in this olympic games you know so beats her in two events not just one she beat her in two let's talk about that though for a minute let's stop there and talk about that four years that you know if you're going to be in the olympics you have four years between each you know each olympic competition so in this case five years yeah so this year it was five so you know i struggle to dedicate myself to something like weight loss for longer than a month so you know these folks these these athletes i keep saying folks but these athletes are dedicating themselves to something for four years in this case like you said it was five and it's just it's really unbelievable to me that uh we got a little backlash here the 
the dogs are going a little crazy here at the Lawwell residence. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's just crazy to me that you know they had five years to come, and and they do. That's what they do day in and day out. And I mean, it's probably set six, seven days a week. Well, I mean. Yeah, they, they were showing. So Katie Ledecky actually sw- swam last night. She did the fifteen hundred, which is a mile, uh, and she's like the greatest in that in the world. Like no one can touch her in that event. Um, but they were talking about the the amount of miles that she put in over her career um, in, in swimming, and it was close to like twenty twenty two thousand miles that she swam over her career. And like they, she was started this at like eight or nine years old, so she was swimming like. 30,000 uh, meters a week at like eight years old. Like, and then she go up to like 50,000 meters a week when she tur- turned 12. Like, it just, it's, it's wild. Like, I mean, she's a kid doing that. And then she ends up winning a, a gold medal at 15 years old. So, um, I just think it's so cool. Like, the evolution, like you said, like you're talking about earlier about how, how the young some of these athletes are. Like, you know, you're, you got 13 year old kids coming to the Olympics and winning medals. Like, yeah, that's the that's, best in the world at, at, at any event. That's, that's, that's wild. And I was seeing some backlash on this 12 year old. Like, a lot of people were hating on her because she was in table tennis and she got beat by a 25 year I think it was a 25 year old or something. And people were saying, like, you know, like, why are you congratulating her? She got stomped. But it's like, look at the bigger picture. This girl's 12 years old and she's competing in the Olympics. I mean, right. it might be table tennis, but dude. She whooped me. I mean, you know, right. it's an Olympic sport. It's an Olympic sport. It doesn't matter what it is. I mean, it, there's a reason it's an Olympic sport. It, you know, I think no matter what sport they're doing, whether it's skateboard, you you can make fun of somebody doing skateboarding in the Olympics, but I know both of us, we couldn't stand on a skateboard. So, no. I mean, it's just, it is what it is, man. And that that's crazy. I, I don't understand why people have to hate on, I don't get that. I mean, she was 12. She got beat. She got beat pretty single-handedly, but it's like – she made it. I mean, I don't, I've never made it there. So, right. I mean, I don't have no room to hate. It's just crazy to see see that. You're right, man. It's crazy to see how young they are and the evolution of athletes. You know, that 12-year-old girl, at, I know it's table tennis, but table tennis, 16, she's probably going to be unbelievable. I mean, yeah. you know, yeah. she'd probably bring home the gold or something. So, it's just really cool to see that. The Olympics is really special. It's really cool. Um, you know, we got a basketball game on here while we do the podcast, but it, it is, it's just awesome to watch. My wife gets into it. I mean, she was texting me saying I'm watching basketball right now. Um, you know, she, when I was in Vegas, she was watching USA, Japan and softball. Yeah. And, uh, you know, just, that's it's the just good thing cool. about it though. Is there's something on like at all times of the day. So like you always have something to watch. So it's and, like, and it's it keeps pride, you engaged. It's a pride thing, man. Yeah, it's it like, is. we all take pride. Like I was driving down the road, Ren lives on to, to come do the podcast today. And I see a USA Olympic flag flying and someone, it's just like the pride of our nation. Like if there's anything that could bring us back together, maybe it's the Olympics, you know, hopefully, hopefully people realize that, you know, we are one country and yeah. you know, we're not all against each other. We need to be in it together. And, and it's kind of, it's kind of funny. I was talking to my mother-in-law last night and her husband, Dwayne, Dwayne listens to the podcast. A shout out to the Dwayne. But, um, you know, we were talking about, I was kind of talking about how I was kind of disappointed because we've been losing some events that, you know, typically we don't, typically we don't lose. And my mother-in-law said, you know, like, you know, you can't expect them to always win everything all the time. And I'm thinking, yeah, we can like, you know, USA basketball should never lose a game. Like we have the best players in the planet. Like, that, that's what that's what we think, but it's just like how you I know, said the evolution it. of athletes across the I world. I get it, but I'm saying like there's some sports though. I feel like some sports that we shouldn't lose. Like we, you know, we're the best. At it's the almost world. it's almost how you and I and well, not really you and I, but you and BJ feel about Buckeye football. I mean, they should never lose a game. They like, shouldn't. You, you you two are the craziest fans I've ever met. You're unrealistic about that. But you know, in the big picture, yeah, they have great recruiting classes, but. 
athletes are crazy, man. They do crazy things, and, you know, people get put on these different levels. And I just think that's cool, though, right? I mean, yeah, we want USA to win, and but it it's so cool, man. I, we can just keep saying that. It's, it's awesome to watch the Olympics. I'm glad they're back. Uh, hopefully, you know, hopefully we can get rid of this COVID crap. It's starting to come back and just get back to normal. So let's move on to our next topic of the day, uh, the, the NIL name, image, and likeness. Officially dropping in college sports as of July 1st. Uh, so now uh, college athletes have the ability to um, be compensated based on their name, image, and likeness. Um, you know, and that's, you know, opened the door to some crazy possibilities. Um, and I think we both agree that the way that we um, know college sports in the past is gone. And this new wave, this new era is coming. And we don't know what it's going to look like. What are your initial thoughts on this, um, you know, new change in college sports? So I think we've talked about this on the podcast before, we kinda, right? Yeah, we Briefly. teased it a little bit, um, yeah. I think we've all kind of said we could see both sides of it. Um, yeah. You know, I get why a college athlete wants to be compensated for their likeness, for their name, for their image. I understand it, you know. My my degree, my bachelor's degree is in sports management, so I, took cl- I had some classes that kind of surrounded this social issue and, you know – they talked about we talked about it in classes. I wrote a paper on this. Um, it's hard for me to pick a side because I I can see both sides. As a fan, I hate it. Selfishly, yeah. Selfishly, as a fan, I hate it. For the kids, I love it because it's you know there could be kids that you know make money for three years and tear their ACL or Achilles their fourth year of college and they never get drafted into the, the sport that they play. Or a kid that, you know, and has a has a mom that works three jobs and she yep. doesn't have to do that when he's, you know, making he, money. He's able college. to help her. There, there's right. a lot of scenarios. There's a lot of good behind it, and I see it. I see the good behind it. But as a fan, selfishly, I hate it. I think it's going to ruin college sports, and I, I, I think a lot of people are going to realize that down the road. A lot of these sports center anchors that come on and say, you know, I think Jay Billis is a big one that's wants them to be paid. Uh, who, who Scott? Who's the late night? Is it Scott Van Pelt? Yeah, the late night guy. He's really big into like name, image, image, and likeness. Like he really believes in it. Like you should get. And you know, there's nothing wrong with that. But I think the the best thing the best thing for college sports was that exactly you know is an amateur sport. Like you don't right. get paid for it. You're working toward the goal of getting paid for it as a professional. Now that's not the case. Um, and I think state by state, um, you know, right here, who's making the rules? There are roughly a dozen states that have laws in effect that dictate how college athletes can profit from their name, image, and likeness. The NCAA has instructed individual schools and states that do not have a law in effect yet to craft their own policies based on loose guidelines that are designed to prevent pay-for-play deals and payments that are used as recruiting inducements. So, Basically, not every school has a policy in place, but they're they're asked to create one. Well, they will. Yeah. Yeah, and they will. Um, but it it's crazy. But folks need to know if you're not if you're not um you know up to par or privy with this stuff, uh, you know the the school is not paying the athlete to play. That's right. not what's happening here. It's businesses. It's it's you know. Um, For example, I'll give you an example. Oklahoma's quarterback Spencer Rattler. Um, he has signed a deal with Chick or not Chick Fil A with Raising Canes uh, to be kind of a face to do commercials to do billboards whatever. So the idea behind that is that you know Oklahoma football fans will see their quarterback on the billboard and they'll want to go to Raising Canes, right? 
so that he gets paid by Raising Cane's to do those billboards, to do those commercials. Like that's kind of how it works, right? Yeah. Um, well, I saw, and then Alabama's quarterback Bryce Young, who hasn't even played a snap yet. Nick Saban, their head coach, was talking about how he's already making near seven figures without even ever taking a snap. So, I mean, you know, these guys are making ridiculous amounts of money um, already, and we just began this not even, what, 27 days ago? So, I mean, it's just crazy how it's going to evolve. You know it's going to become more more and more prevalent in all sports, basketball, uh, baseball, even maybe in college baseball. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's kids that, you know, Barstool started this thing like, be a barstool, ball, ah, excuse me, barstool um, athlete. And it, it was a it was a female college athlete. I think it was maybe a softball player. I, uh, I can't remember. I think it was a lacrosse player a from lacrosse like Virginia player. Tech or something. Yeah, that that prompted barstool. Like he had never thought of this, and then like he and then he sh- anybody that message. wants it that's a college athlete can get it, and it's yeah. just basically just getting free barstool gear. Like that's yeah. I mean that's what and I, I mean that's pretty cool. That you know I, but one thing I wanted to hit on here. I'm pulling up some research here, so give me a second, but. One thing I want to hit on is, you know, I think a lot of times we forget about boosters, you know, or what's going to happen with the boosters and stuff like that. Because they've been an issue when this was against the law. They they were paying people to come. But now boosters can't pay an athlete for recruiting purposes. They cannot pay someone to come to the school. They can't pay someone for their performance on the field, court, whatever platform you play on. But boosters can compensate college athletes. That gets messy, right? I mean, oh, for sure, it's going to get messy. They're so, put, like, they're going to put uh, money in McDonald's bags, like Tennessee yeah, did. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 like this. It's like if 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 I wanted Ren to come play at Ohio State, but he hadn't committed yet, but there were other colleges on the table for him, I couldn't say as a booster, "Hey, I'm going to give you fifty thousand dollars if you come play at Ohio State." Um, I couldn't do that. That's illegal. I couldn't, as a booster, say Ren's an Ohio State Buckeye now. He's a football player. I couldn't say, "Hey, man, good game today. Here's here's a hundred grand. You know, treat your family." You can't do that. That's illegal. Uh-huh. Um, that's still against college rules. This is simply to promote their name, image, and likeness. That's that's all this is. It, it's a basically they can market themselves to make money. That's that's all. Well, I mean, it is. Mo- most boosters though are businessmen or yes. you know, they have a business. And, and boosters them. can use them for marketing purposes. Right. So, you know, if you're the part of I don't know if you're a car, owner, car dealer car yeah dealer. like a car dealer like for example like um if you were a car dealer in Columbus and you wanted to promote uh when Justin Fields was there if you wanted to use Justin Fields to promote something before he couldn't get paid when Fields was in college he couldn't get compensated right. but if he were there today like these athletes that are there today they're going. They could be on a commercial like Barry Larkin was, like Joe Morgan was. You know, they could be on these commercials and get paid to do that, and probably are going to get paid pretty good. Um, so it is cool in that way. But like you and I said, let's get in. We we've talked about. So hopefully people understand now what it is, because um, it, it is a deep, dark, confusing subject. If you want to get into the nitty gritty details, let's talk about now, Ren, why we th- personally think it's a bad thing for college sports. Well, I think uh, the biggest thing for me, and again, this may be selfish, but I think it's going to ruin the tradition of college sports. Like, you know, um, it's going to ruin, you know, how we view it. Like, I mean, guys are going to go to different schools, you know, because they can make more money at that school as opposed to it being a better fit for them. Um, You know, I mean, I I, I just feel like the tradition of college football, especially, I mean, college basketball, I'm not a huge college basketball guy, but college football especially is going to be ruined by this because, I mean, you know, it's going to be about where you make the most money. It's not about exactly. It's not going to be about pride anymore, right. or no. pride and 
like uh, the prestigious institution that your parents went to and you want to go there right. and play, um, you know, and, and, and super conferences. We, we've, you know, we got it right here. We were going to talk about, you know, Texas and Oklahoma leaving um, their conference to the join Big 12, yeah. the Big 12 to join the SEC. So that's going to, you know, the, no. and I and I think you and I talked about that. Like we're going to have to learn to accept sports for what they are going forward because sports have changed in general. I mean, they have. Mm-hmm. They've changed at the high school level. They've changed at the youth level. They So youth to high school to college to professional, they've changed at each level since you and I have been kids. Right. And, you know, we're 29, 30 years old. And, you know, it, it they've changed. And, it's just going to continue to happen. And, and, and that's the thing. I mean, I think over time, you know, you have to learn to adapt to change. I don't like it. Um, college football is one of those things that for you and I, I mean, it's like a tradition. And our friends, oh, yeah. I mean, T-Scar, Polly, BJ, all of our buddies, you know, we're out there, man. College football is what we live for when we all live together. We're up on Saturday oh, yeah. morning. We're ready for the Buckeyes. We're watching game day. We're all screaming at the TV together. But when you start putting money in it and you start letting kids get paid for for this kind of stuff and, and you start realigning conferences and, and those those um, rivalries are gone, it's a new rivalry formed. It's going to take some time for us to adjust to that. And I not just us. It's going to take fans in general time to adjust to that. Maybe it's a good thing. Maybe it's a bad thing. We'll just have to wait and see. But I can tell you one thing. I'm not really excited about it right now. I'm not either. I'm, I'm with you. Um, so next thing we're going to talk about, and this is one that you wanted to bring up because I know you were uh, uh, not happy with uh, Javi Baez the other night um, and his uh, celebration after a walk-off hit against Amir Garrett. There's been some back and forth between those two guys. But yeah, uh, yeah. But y- the general topic that you wanted to discuss was just celebrations in sports. Um, you know, after big moments or maybe just, you know, after a guy does something that he feels is uh, important. Uh, and, and are those celebrations ruining uh, the integrity of the game? So um, I think you're looking at this from a perspective of all sports, um, but you started off with that example from baseball. So you want to kind of go into that for a minute and talk about what your thoughts are on that? Yeah, and I, I want to say before I, you know, before we get going, um, I, I think it's important – for me to state, you know, I'm talking about baseball. I'm talking about a Reds scenario, Reds-Cubs scenario. Um, there's been some back and forth in that those games with Javi Baez and Amir Garrett. And I'll be the first to say, and I know Ren will back me on this, anybody that knows me knows I'm a diehard Reds fan, but I also am not a fan of the celebrations like Amir Garrett does. I've told Ren before in text messages, I hate it when he strikes somebody out and he rocks the baby. I I don't understand it. Maybe it's for personal gain or something to pump himself up. I hate it when he pounds his chest and stuff. I mean, I get celebrating, but Amir Garrett takes it to a whole nother level, and it's almost like, yeah, maybe he says he's doing it for himself, but you know damn well he's targeting the other team. He's trying to get in their head, and I get that. I mean, I played sports. I played baseball, golf, basketball, football. I did all that stuff. I get celebrating with your teammates and having a good time, but when you start targeting it at the other team, that's when I have a problem with it. That's like damaging the integrity of the game. So just to start that off, Amir Garrett, what he does, I don't think it's right either, so maybe he had it coming, but that doesn't make what Javi Baez did right either. Javi Baez, this guy hits a walk-off hit that really would have been caught if we had three outfielders out there. We had two because we did a five-man infield. So it's not like you know he did anything crazy. It was just a walk-off pop-up. Um, and instead of jogging to first base and celebrating, I mean, you could be pumped up, man. You could be throwing your fist, screaming, whatever you want to do, flip the bat. I don't care about that stuff. 
But he starts taking the bat and he's using it like he's rowing a boat or sweeping a broom. I don't know what he was doing. Well, he's rowing he, the boat because Amir Garrett did that to him, I believe, at one point. Yeah. So he's doing that, which I'm not saying Amir didn't deserve it. Yeah. I don't want to say that. I'm just talking about damaging the integrity of the game. He doesn't run to first. He untucks his jersey. He's walking, being pushed by another player. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think you can touch another player when you're running the bases. So right there is the first key. Like, I was wondering what the hell's going on here. He's screaming at Amir Garrett. But Amir, I'll give it to him, man. He, he, can, he can give it out, but he took it there, too. He took it. And he walked to the dugout. He gave it up. He sucks. I mean, Amir Garrett's horrible. <laughs> but, you know, uh, he, he took sucks. it. I mean, you know, he took it. And maybe that'll change the, his chapter. We'll go to a new chapter in his book because he's been god-awful in this chapter. I can tell you that. But, you know, he took it. But that's just an example of, like, what he did, I just wasn't a fan of, man. I mean, I don't like that. I mean, sure, it's it's cool to see the brawls and the bench clearing stuff. Let me ask and, you this. Let me ask you this. Say, let's, let's put the... Um, shoe on the other foot and say that was, I don't know. Uh, let's say it was, <laughs> I'm trying to think of a guy that would do that from the Reds. Let's say it was uh, Cassianos that did that same exact thing. And I wouldn't have liked it. The pitcher's Kimbrel. You wouldn't have liked it. I wouldn't have liked it. Okay, I just want to make sure that you're, you're giving both. You're not just, you know. because Well, your, you know, you. I think you know me. Obviously, I know. You're, I know, you're I get my it. best friend. You I'm know just, me well enough. I know. I'm just saying. I just want to make sure because, like, I know you don't like Amir Garrett, right? And and you know I don't like him either. I think he sucks. But um, you know his his attitude and his antics. Well, that's what I said. I've said that. And here's the, the thing. Beginning. Here's the thing though with him, like he does that, but then he doesn't back it up. Like he does yeah, that stuff. And he, he doesn't. Back that's it up. what I don't like. Also, if you're gonna be cocky, you better be freaking. You good better to back, back it up. up. That's yeah. my problem with Conor McGregor too. I oh, can't shut up, dude. He backed it up for years. Let's stop yeah. talking about him. He can't back it up now. Dude, he got hurt. Get out of here. Oh, We're not talking come about that. on. He broke his ankle. What is he supposed to do? He can't keep fighting on a broken ankle. He's he a joke, dude. He's a, Connor McGregor's a joke, and I think everybody listening should agree or you're No, nuts. he's not. No, he's not. Con- he is washed up, dude. He's, he's going to come back and win. Was the- he great at one time? Yes. He's going to come back and win the belt, dude. Yeah. It's happening. Anyway. Anyways, let's yeah. go to it. But, like, let's talk about, let's, like. Okay, so these examples that you're bringing up are, are mainly about your team. So you were talking about Juju uh, before the podcast. Yeah, I hate it. Ju- celebrating yeah and i get that i get that i think that's kind of stupid dancing you know? on logos i hate it i i think it's like and he got what he deserved yeah for he it. did i mean I, I can't stand that um i don't understand like, maybe he's doing it for himself and it's not targeted at the other team but that doesn't matter when it comes off as that way it doesn't matter what you think in your head it's all about how people perceive your image and what you're doing juju was doing that because he was trying he was trying to get in people's heads and he was trying to like, I don't know, man. It just, it to me, it's not smart because he's never done anything in the league yet. Yeah. I mean, he's a decent receiver. He's a wide receiver three on most teams. Um, you so know. Uh, you're saying that if, you know, if Tom Brady was doing something like that, you would get it because, you know. Tom Brady is the, he celebrates the way you should. Right. Tom Brady does. He sets an example, right? He sets an example. He has set the bar high. I hate Tom Brady. But I will tell you this: I will never say Tom Brady's not a great football player and a great athlete. He's whatever probably, you want to say, he's the greatest quarterback of all he, time. He might be the greatest football player of all time. Anywhere, any sport, anything you want to, he might be the greatest athlete of all time. If you really want to talk about it, because he's done things that nobody else has ever done. Yeah, you know, we all. Some people thought it was Belichick. It's not. It's Tom Brady, baby. I mean, he's good. 
Yeah. Um, you know, he late round draft pick. I mean, Tom Brady's the real deal, man. Okay, let's not get off on a Tom Brady tangent here. Let's talk about what you're talking <laughs> he about. Is celebrations. Though. Our celebrations are in But that's place. he's an example though of but someone think, that celebrates the right you. way. Yeah. And I, but I think you need a level of that though as well. Cause I mean, look at the Castellano situation where he gets up, celebrates, you know, that fires people up, man. Like it, now and, what Castellanos did, people will I, I think that one's a little different because I don't know that he he was just pumped up, fired up. He slid into home. Just, After getting hit by that pitcher, right? Yeah. He slid into home and he just, I don't know, he just like gives us exciting energy. Like a flex. Like, like a flex, yeah. Was it targeted at the pitcher? Maybe, probably. But here's the thing. You have to look at the backstory there. That pitcher drills him. And then Castellano, or yeah, he steals, or he gets in the home and he scores. He gets up and he flexes. He's not the only baseball player to ever do that. That happens all the time. People score, they hit walk-offs, they do that. What he did is how you should celebrate, in my opinion. That didn't deserve a fight. Um, he gets suspended. You're talking about more of the taunting kind of stuff, right? Yeah. Yeah, like he he I mean, don't you agree? What he did, Yachty grabs him by the neck and like basically wants to fight him, and Yachty doesn't get a game, did he? I mean, did Yachty even get anything? No. And Castellanos got what three games, two games, something like that. Well, and then for the other, for the first Amir Garrett situation where he, uh, you know, yelled at the Cubs bench and Javi Baez came out to fight him, Garrett got seven games. Javi Baez got nothing, even though he came out of the dugout. And that, to fight. that's everybody's argument right now. So if Amir would have went after Javi the other night when he hit the walk off, the 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 room the reason why Amir got suspended was he was basically like enticing Javi to come at him. Right. So was Javi enticing Amir to come at him? But he, will he get suspended even though Amir didn't come at him? No. So if he doesn't get suspended, that tells you right there you have to retaliate as the opposing player. You have to go after him. MLB is setting a bad standard there. Yeah. Because it is what it is, man. I, I'm not the kind of guy that thinks you should throw at people. I mean, you know, nobody, I was a pitcher. You don't want to throw at people, although <laughs> I have. Um, you, you don't want to do that. But I also think – that's not the right way to play the game. That's damaging the integrity of the game. You know, you don't throw at people intentionally because let's be real, those guys are throwing 95, 100. Yeah. You don't throw at people intentionally. That, that can get dangerous quick. Yeah. Um, but, you know, will it happen in this series? Yeah, you betcha. There's going to be something happen. I, there will. I'd rather see a fight, man. Give me yeah. a fight. I don't well, want to see throwing at people. Let's, yeah. let's fight. Let's just I do don't, it. I don't mind. And that's one thing. I mean, when Amir went after the Pirates, I thought I did think that was cool. I mean, Heck yeah, dude. He took the whole team by himself. He yeah, was, I mean, he's ready for it. I don't – I guess, like, it's one of those things where it's kind of like a – you know, you can – like the name, image, and likeness. We see both sides of it. I think for me, the celebrations, when it becomes taunting – that's where I have a problem, and I really have a problem when it's taunting and you can't back it up like Amir Garrett does. Yeah. yeah. Now, I don't mean back it up by fighting. I mean backing it up with performance, and I think that's ultimately that's what matters. It doesn't mean if Ren can beat me in a fight, if I, you know, if the competition we're doing, I whip him every time. That has nothing to do with it. You know, that would be like it would be like me um, playing golf with you. Yeah, and me taunting you the whole time, but you beating me at golf—that's what it would be like. Yeah, and it would, and that's 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 what. But then I beat you. Then I beat you over the head with the golf club, and then that's you know yeah. the end of it. So yeah. I don't know. It's like that's what we're talking about, though. You know, taunting. I mean, we could talk about this forever, and it's not just the Reds and the Cubs and the Steelers. It's it's all these teams, man. I mean, it, so what, I just what think it's about sports. What do you think about? I mean, I guess he's backing it up. Though. I was gonna say, what do you think about Tatis pimping all these home runs, like? Just like in the coming around third and doing his See, little See, and Tatis' thing is he's the new era. 
Right. He's the new era of baseball. He's changing the game in the way you should celebrate it. That's his thing. I'm not a Fernando Tatis Jr. fan. I don't like the way he plays the game. I think he's good. I don't like that stuff. I never have. And if you know me as a fan. You're a traditionalist. You know I don't like that stuff. Um, do I have a problem with celebrating? Absolutely not. I have no problem with celebrating. But, man, there are some crazy Olympic sports out there. This is canoe uh, slalom, which is like going through the rapids in a canoe. Crazy. This dude's. Now, I would be awful at that. <laughs> yeah. But. Uh, Whitewater rapids in a little tiny canoe. He's got to go through all these, like, obstacles and stuff. It's wild. It's a kayak, but, yeah. Whatever. Canoe. Kayak, canoe. They call it canoe snow, uh, slalom. It looks like a kayak anyways. Maybe it's not. I don't know. But anyways, um, you know, it is what it is. I mean, celebrating. Taunting. So basically you're an old man is what you're saying. Basically. I mean, yeah. I, I do like the brawls and stuff. I think, you know, when no yeah, one when Nolan fights. Ryan and Ventura got into it. and I, Have you ever seen that picture where the, he says uh, the only hits he got tonight were six off Nolan Ryan and it was his fist? Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. But, um, you, you know, it is what it is, man. I mean, I just think you got you got to draw that line, man, with integrity of the game. I mean, just like you said, like with the high, like your rivalries and stuff like that. I mean, in in the NFL, you're a big football fan. I mean, I, and I am too. I love football. It's my favorite sport to watch on TV. But you know, I think that um, you know the taunting and the celebrations in the NFL. I mean, like. Do you like now that they allow them to all celebrate after an interception or touchdown? Do you like that where they're all posing and getting their picture taken in an end zone? I mean, do you honestly want to see that? Do you like I mean, that? it doesn't do anything for me. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, it's not like it doesn't get me excited. Maybe it does something for them and like helps with their confidence. I don't know. But it doesn't, I mean, as a fan, it doesn't really do anything for so, me. As so far you're as, more of a traditionalist than the fact that probably, you, yeah. you want to see them big hits on the quarterback. Yeah. Yeah. You want to see someone get laid out over the middle. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, and I don't I'm mind it. Too. I don't mind it on scoring plays. Like, I don't mind it on that. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's okay. I mean, if it's. I agree. But getting the whole team involved is kind of stupid to me. I mean, you know, if the guy that scores celebrates, that's fine. But when you do, like, all these coordinated, like, you know, bowling and, and all that's this what, weird stuff. And that's stuff, what it's, it's become. Kind of, that's what yeah. it's become is like it's almost like I don't know who they're that's making for. a joke is that, of the is game. Is that for the kids or is that for the I fans? Mean, I think. I think that's why they do it. They think it's cool, but. I guess. And, you know, is it funny sometimes, some of the celebrations? Like, let's be honest, T.O. was the best seller. I mean, he was the best at it. And he wasn't allowed to do it. I mean, he was yeah. pulling Sharpies out of his sock. Yeah. And, and like, that, that was, that was. I mean, he was the best, and he did some funny the stuff. The best one I saw was Joe Horn. He did the cell phone under the uh, uh, goalpost. He pulled the yeah. cell phone out, and he was on, the, like, the flip phone. That was, that was pretty yeah. cool. Um, but, yeah, yeah. So uh, that's kind of the way we wanted to go about doing that topic. The next one's going to be completely 180 off the script, this is just something different that I want to talk about because I've been listening to this podcast on Apple. Uh, it's called the uh, Piketon Massacre, uh, which I don't know if you remember 2000. I think it was 2015 or 16. I, I drove by. I was on a recruiting event that day from work, and I drove you, by. You were there that day? 2015. I, I was driving. It, no, it was 2016 when it happened. Yeah, you're right. But um, I drove by the road that you go off of to get there. Mm-hmm. I was near there, and I saw all the police and everything coming. It, dude, it was unbelievable. Like, so basically, what I happened, didn't know what was going on. If you don't know what I'm talking about, the Roden family murders in Piketon, um, Piketon, Ohio, which is down near uh, Lucasville, Portsmouth area, so southern Ohio. Uh, 2016, eight members of the same family were killed. Uh, they all lived on the same road, I think. Uh, maybe, maybe one or two of them didn't live on the same road, but uh, they all lived in separate locations. 
Um, a couple of them had kids. Um, you know, it was a mom, dad, a couple of sons, daughters, daughter-in-laws, eight members of the same family killed. Uh, it was like exec- execution style killings. Like they didn't know who did it. Um, thought maybe it was like a cartel operation, uh, maybe the, like a drug growing operation gone wrong and the cartel came in and killed them all. They weren't sure. Um, but they left the children, uh, whoever killed them left the children alive, uh, in these situations. Um, so there was, I think four kids, three or four kids that were very young. One of them was just like a couple weeks old at the time. Yeah. Um, and it was just a very like gruesome situation. Like they were shot in the head execution style. And I think that's where the speculation started that it could have been the Wagner family because, yeah. you know, if it was the cartel, I mean, those people, they're careless, heartless people, man. They right. would have killed the kids too, probably. Yeah. So it, initially that, that's who has been arrested. Another family that has ties to this family that was murdered. Uh, the Wagner family is, is who has been arrested. Um, and so it's a mom, a dad, uh, and then two sons, um, so Angela Wagner is the mom. She's suspected of being the mastermind of this whole plan, this whole operation to, to murder this family, um, which is pretty wild. Uh, the, the details that went into it. Uh, but then you have the dad, Billy Wagner, he's kind of, I guess the enforcer. And then you have the two sons who were probably close to our age, uh, maybe a little older than us, uh, Jake Wagner. And I, I want to say Billy, is it Billy? What's the other son's name? Um, I can't remember the other son's name, but, um, yeah, so these people are all in custody, uh, and and they, you know, w- as soon as this happened, they moved to Alaska. Like they, you know, they were suspects. I think a little bit from the beginning, but uh, didn't really become suspects until later on. They moved Chris, to Alaska. Chris Roden. Chris. No, 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 no. no that was one of the people one killed. Kid, yeah. Um, what is his name? I think it's Frankie Wagner. Maybe I can't yeah, remember. Frankie or something. But uh, anyway, they moved to Alaska. They ended up getting arrested back here, uh, and they were brought, and they're, they're all going through trial now, which if you're not familiar with how that, that works, like the cases take forever. Like they take years to, to process. Um, but recently, uh, the youngest son, Jake Wagner, who was uh, suspected of committing these murders, part of that family, uh, he has pled guilty, uh, and he has agreed to testify against his entire family. Um, so his case is set for next April, I believe. Um, and he's going to plan on testifying against his entire family. I guess he gave them some evidence as far as like uh, where the weapons were uh, that they used to, to commit the murders, where the um, vehicle was, the vehicle they used. Uh, and they've collected that evidence now. So uh, it looks like this is the people who committed this murder. Uh, and it looks like what it was all over was kids. Like you said, you know, they left the kids alive. Um, so basically what happened, I guess, was Jake Wagner, who was the one that's uh, committing or that uh, is testifying against his own family, saying that he they did commit these murders. He says he's responsible, responsible for five of the eight. He killed five of the eight of them personally. Um, uh, so I guess what's happened was I think he had a child with one of these uh, girls from the other family. He had a child, they had a child together and this mom, from what I'm in this podcast, I'm listening to this mom sounds like she's just like nuts. Like she like, it's almost like a cult that she runs. Like they want, they like raise their kids, like brainwash them, like weird kind of stuff. Um, and she wanted the child to be put in, you know, her care. Like she wanted to raise this kid. Uh, she didn't want the, the girl that, you know, was murdered to raise the kid. Um, so they forged like custody papers and all kinds of stuff. Um, they, um, and they involved 
a grandmother to forge these documents for them, which is the mother of the Angela Wagner. Um, and they, uh, just a wild, wild situation. <laughs> like, I mean, that a, fa- a family in from that area, Piketon, could coordinate this operation to kill eight people of the same family over a kid, right? And get I mean, away with it for as long as they did. Right, and then th- that's why they killed all of them is because they, you know, didn't want this child to go into anyone else's custody but th- their own. Um, so, I mean, it's just, just crazy that you would have to go to those lengths to do something like that. Um, but now I guess, you know, we're in the, at the point where, like I said, the youngest son, Jake Wagner is going to confess, uh, to, to five of these eight murders and he's going to, you know, testify against his own family members. Um, and he did that to save them from getting the death penalty, basically. Uh, maybe I, I, in the podcast, I talk about, he, he found religion, he found, um, uh, God and he's wanting forgiveness now for what he's done. So it could partially be that, but yeah, they, I mean, they, def- the, that, t- that. I don't know why I keep stuttering. The death table is definitely on the uh, table for those uh, folks right now. So, but like I said, like, you know, these court cases are like years out in advance. So like Mm -hmm. they could be sitting there for five years. And COVID's delayed them even more. Oh yeah, for sure. So, but just a wild story that happened not that far from us. Um, I remember when it initially happened, like, I mean, it was like, you know, dude, it was unbelievable. It's like people, people thought the cartel was in town, the mafia. I mean, it was crazy. Because of the way that they the killing, it's it's just so strange to me how a family, they had to plan that for a long time, and they it was executed. Be, I mean, had I'm to be not perfect. condoning what they did, but it was executed perfectly almost. I yeah, mean, pretty much it was. I mean, I don't I don't really think they had a whole lot to lead on. I mean, I think they caught them. You know, didn't they catch them because of like phone conversations or something like that? I'm not sure exactly what it was, but yeah, it was it was a wild, wild. And moving story. to Alaska, that right there. Threw oh yeah, through them that's definitely that. you're definitely. That was running. probably their first. Actually, area. I think um, the Jake Wagner. It may have been Jake or the other son. One of them married a woman out in Alaska, and I think she was one of the informants um, for the um, BCI FBI that helped get them arrested. So the woman that. The, one of them married must have told her some information and she went and told the authorities and that helped get them arrested. Um, so good that they're in custody, but just a crazy sad story. I mean, all those kids that were left, you know, they, they murdered their parents like right beside them. Like the newborn baby was murdered. Her mother was like sleeping right beside her. She was laying in the blood, like just a wild story. Like Man, the you would go to those lengths just to get custody of a kid. Like, I mean, I get you love your kid or whatever, but grandkid. And it was the mother. The mother is suspected of being the one who decided to do all this. And then everybody else kind of just followed along and did it with her. That's so. got to be a sick and demented family to oh, really for sure. agree and to I, do. In that. the podcast, they go into other details about other relationships that these two boys have had with girls and how this mother has been very controlling and tried to, you know, um, she's, you know, just a crazy person, it sounds like. So uh, definitely a crazy story. There's something different I wanted to throw in there because I've been listening to that podcast. So if you haven't, um, you know, if you're unfamiliar with that story, you want to check it out. It's on Apple Podcasts. It's called The Piketon Massacre. I think there's two seasons of it right now, but I've, I just got through the last episode. So pretty good story. And, you know, it's something that locally happened, kind of like a true crime local show. So check that out if you're interested in that. But um, just to talk about what's coming up here on the Legacy lineup. We're finally back. Um, I'm going to try and put out an episode this week and then one next week as well. Next week, we're going to have um, our buddy Clay Allen joining us. Uh, Clay's a, he's an outdoorsman. He's a, he's a hunter. He's a fisher. He's a, he's a wild man. He, he carries his guitar out into the wilderness we'll, with him and we'll, plays. We'll bring you into a story. Yeah. <laughs> we'll talk about our, our uh, hiking in the, trip. In the a Ohio years woods. 
It was a wild time, but Wayne Clay, Clay Allen's going to be on with us next week. Uh, and then Jimmy threw out a little challenge to, uh, to T-Scar, to BJ, to Polly, um, to, uh, to come on and do a fantasy football episode. Um, and also, if you want to check out some fantasy football content, YouTube! <laughs> check out the uh, Fantasy Football Perspective on YouTube. Lucas Polly is starting that channel on yeah, YouTube. Go check it out. Subscribe. Uh, check Luke out. He's trying to get off the ground and go in there. I know he's got. I think he's getting close to thirty subscribers. So good for him. Check it out. Uh, you know he. We play. I play fantasy football with Luke. Um, you know, so I don't think he's going to give us any advice to beat him. But you know, ho- hopefully we're able to. But I'd love to have those guys on and talk about fantasy football. I think it's something we all enjoy doing. Although Ren retired, he. he I did. I hung it up. Hung it up. He could. He couldn't win, so he had to hang it up. Yeah, uh, well, you know, so check out the Fantasy Football Perspective on YouTube with Lucas Polly as the host. Um, but that's what's coming up here on the Legacy Lineup. We're excited to get back in the flow. Uh, we are no longer the Ryan Leaf podcast. We're back and we're ready to go. So, Jared, uh, suck it. Uh, but we'll be back next week with Clay Allen on the Legacy Lineup. Please tune in and enjoy the content. You sure